0: Welcome to next Extra. I'm happy to be joined by my co-host, Luis. How you doing, Luis?
1: I'm doing great, man. What's up? How you doing?
0: Doing good, man. Just ready to do this interview, you know, ready to talk some movies.
1: So our guest today is uh, John Thomas. He's uh, been working in the movie industry for a couple years. Um, he's worked on just about everything that's filmed here in the last couple of years in various different roles, like um, to name a few things, like Stranger Things, Godzilla, Blockers, um, and many, many, many more. I can't even list them
2: all. Um, I don't think I could either. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, John? Don? It's good. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing good, man. Doing good. Just you know, I think uh, the industry might start back up soon. Hopefully, I keep seeing some posts little by little.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like people are uh, itching to get back into it. I, I myself don't know personally when it'll be, but uh, hopefully it's soon because I think we all we all could use the work. We're all ready to get back to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, so yeah. Besides uh, not having any work, how has that quarantine been treating you?
2: Pretty mundane, you know. Same same thing day to day. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to get myself like a, a routine. I've been learning a new language. I've been exercising. Um, you know, going for runs, going working out at home. Anything I can do to stay mentally and physically in shape.
0: <laughs> That's true, man. Yeah, when when you're at home this long, which we're not used to, you know, we we're used to being at work, we're used to being on location, or uh, you know, uh, under the studio. When we're at home this long, like you have to stay in shape, you have to keep moving. Otherwise, you know, you ju- you're just like stuck. Like I, if I don't move, I I just don't want to do anything. That's just how I work, you know. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. It's it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, there'll be like days where I just don't want to do anything. And then there's days when I do everything. Um, I mean, but yeah, having, you know, having a little bit of consistency because, you know, filming, filming times would be crazy. And it's hard, it's, it's almost impossible to get routines going with mm-hmm. great work schedules. So having all the free time to actually have time to do stuff consistently is a huge help, I think.
2: I think it. I think it's interesting too, because especially for people in the film industry, It seems like we went from one end of the spectrum to the complete opposite end because, you know, we went from having no time for anything, you know, working 12 plus hours a day with no time for breaks, no time for a social life to having all this time on our hands. And now it's like, what do we do with it?
0: That's true, man. And I mean, I'll ask you quickly. Do you think uh, things are going to change drastically when we get back on set with, uh, you know, like uh, social distancing and all that? I think they
2: will. I think it's, I'm, I'm definitely not an expert on what the new regulations will be. I've read over some of the guidelines that the union has um, suggested, the, the, lab, the different labor unions for the film industry. Um, things will definitely be very different, though. I don't think that, at least for the next year or so, there will be huge movie shooting, um, at least in grandiose scale with, you know, tons of extras and giant set pieces and um, a lot going on. I think that it will be smaller, more personal movies, stuff that takes place underwater or, you know, in a room or, you know, a guy who's out trapped alone in the woods somewhere, stuff stuff along that lines. Unlike, you know, Godzilla's or your Marvel's or anything that's just monstrous in size. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's true man yeah i i feel like a lot of scripts will be rewritten so they don't have that many people in the scene yeah you, you're completely correct with that well man i want to talk about you know the stuff you've done in the film industry and i'm gonna go way back because louise told me you started working around the fall of 2015 that's right
2: i did i did it was um the fall semester of my sophomore year of college my my roommate at the time austin he he doesn't do set work anymore, but he had, he had done a little bit. And, you know, we were sitting in our dorm one day and he was like, yo, you need some work, right? Like I saw his casting call for some, some extras to play fraternity boys in, in a, in a TV show. And it's like, would you be interested? And I had no idea what to expect or how you even go about applying for it and showed me how to do it. I got hired. And then I basically went from there. I started getting, and my consistent extra work around my college schedule
0: and yeah did you um when did you make the leap from like making it sometimes a week or a few times uh to like full time
2: well i would say for the next year and a half of school two years of school i could only do it during breaks or during summer vacation so i would i would get the odd i would do it maybe a handful handful of times each each fall spring semester just because I had classes and stuff, but you know if I had the odd odd day where my schedule worked out where I didn't have class or or my class was able to be skipped, I would make the drive down to Atlanta to go to go mm-hmm. be on a movie set. And back then for me it was it was very exciting. It was very new. I didn't know a lot of people yet. I hadn't I hadn't uh, really experienced the film film life that much, and so. Doing it only a handful of times, sprinkled in and out, sprinkled here and there throughout the uh, the months, it's still it was like exciting every time for me. But once I got the summertime, where it's like, all right, I'm here five days a week. I'm on this set this day, this set, uh, this day. You know, here and like, All right, you know, the novelty's worn off. It's it's fun, but it's not the same anymore. It's more of a job now.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, I feel like we meet a lot of people like that who just like it's you know because you can choose choose when went to work that it just like we a lot of like college students work it or just people who have like maybe other jobs. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's very convenient in that way and you can start and stop whenever you want pretty much. I mm-hmm. you like <laughs> burned a bridge
2: or something. Yeah. I've seen, definitely seen people do that. Um, but I don't, I don't remember when we met Luis, I know it's been a couple of years now, but I can't remember just like pretty much everyone I know, like, I don't remember the execs that we met on. It just seems like one day I just knew you.
1: Yeah, same. I, I, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly where I met you. But I, I I remember you were one of the first first people that I, like, really, like, was cool with. Like, mm-hmm. so you started a little before me. But um, would you ever have thought that, like, it's so crazy that, like, you know, a big chunk of the movie industry moved from L.A. to Georgia in, like, you know, just the last couple of years even since we started doing it. Because, um, I mean, there used to be, like, what, like, five, ten productions a year, like, back, like, ten years ago. Um, so just, like, would, <laughs> would you, have, like, can you, like, believe that, like, you've had the chance to work on some of these productions, like Marvel productions and met some of these stars and done some of these things, you know? Like, I mean? never
2: I never really considered it, you know, back when, I was, back when I was growing up, a teenager in middle school and early high school. Basically, the only thing that I really knew the film down here was Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And that was one yeah. of the first shows to be uh, a mainstay in Atlanta. But as the years went on, I started hearing, you know, this is still a few years prior to me joining the film industry, but I remember... You know, reading the newspaper, hearing on the radio, oh, Hunger Games is going to be down here, Divergence going to be down here, and these various things. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. It seems like seems like waves are being made and stuff. Stuff's happening. And even then, I was like, never, didn't have any intention on getting into it. But when when my roommate suggested it to me, kind of just fell into my lap, and I realized how easy it was that I really started going after, trying to make a name for myself in it.
1: Mm-hmm. this is unbelievable same i think we all kind of started because it just got so big mm-hmm. um, i never thought that i would be in this industry at all either like so it's just kind of crazy how how it kind of worked out like that for i think for a lot of us
0: yeah yeah i mean i, I was getting ready to make the move to la man because you know that's that's always been the move um and for some reason just like you, I started getting work and work, and I'm like, huh, this is interesting. Obviously, the pay scale is very different, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, but it was just like, okay, a lot of things keep coming over here. That's that's very interesting. That's very cool. They keep building studios, so it was a cool thing to see the film industry grow in Atlanta, in Georgia, and I was, you know, I'm happy to be a part of that. Hopefully, it stays for a long time. It doesn't leave like in some cities uh, around the United States. But I wanted to ask you, still speaking uh, BG, is there a favorite BG position you've done or show you have worked on as a background?
2: Oh gosh, Um, as far as roles go, I wouldn't, I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite like role. Um, There are different sets where the experience I had with the people um, was definitely better than others um in general i would say the most fun i've ever had on set would be the sets where you would get a bunch of people our age late teens early 20s um you know the college movies the high school movies where and they have you there for weeks at a time a bunch of days where everybody comes to work every day or night and you know you just bond over the the good and the bad that happens there you all crazy stuff happens you know stories people doing crazy shit and um yeah (laughs) it's just it's just memories you're not gonna ever forget and as far as like I would say the most memorable most fun I ever had on the set consistently would be I don't know if you guys were here for this um it was 2017 it was the summer of 17 and it was blockers it was the the John Cena high school prom movie and we were there for about a month maybe a month and some change and it was just the same people day in and day out. We were there for nights. We were there for days. It was just we were all in it together. Like they say we're all in it together with this COVID thing, but we are not all in it together like we were on that set, not by a long shot.
0: You guys were the, the high schoolers, correct? Yeah, we were. We were
2: the just the, the high school prom we would They had us in the prom scenes. They had us in the multiple after parties The and everything that went went with it. And there were some wild experiences on that set that I don't know if I could if I could get into <laughs> it without without getting into the slander on some people. But those
0: those are some stories for some off-camera, off-camera discussions for sure. Right, right, right. Off the record, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, it feels good to get like a reoccurring role, right? Not to have to apply, right?
2: It does. And for anyone who is wanting to make the jump into something higher, be it crew work um, or something of the ilk? I would say the best place to start is get on a set consistently. Keep going back to the same set. Meet get get to know the people who are there, and let them know what you want to do. And you know when they see you consistently and you're consistently helping out, that's how you that's how you if you want to make the switch, that's how you're going to make the switch. And that's how I did it. I know you'll have a
1: funny story about this one. Um and you've you've been pretty featured in some roles. Um so I want you to, want you to um tell us tell us about uh cop, cop
2: bay. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so cop bay is a reference to a photo. It's actually not cop bay, it's it's something a bit more bit more derogatory, but is a reference to a photo taken by the set photographer on a civil rights movie that I was in. And in this civil rights movie, um, I was playing a Montgomery police officer during the bus. It was the Montgomery bus boycott. And the scene they had me doing was, um, this, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to figure out how to best phrase. this. The scene they had me doing. I was an officer. There was this young black man and we were basically harassing him so in the scene the director's like all right yeah go go slam him against the wall and I was like <laughs> okay are are you okay with this um to the to the gentleman that I was yeah. acting the scene with and he's like yeah, yeah, yeah just do it just do it it's okay you know we're, we're all here to um to make sure the we're, we're all here to make the movie we're all doing our part you know, this is a message that needs to be heard. So I do it, you know, I'm slamming against the wall and the director's like, harder, harder, do it harder. And this is a brick wall. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pushing him against the wall, um, cuffing him, head basically, hand on, hand on the cuffs, head on his, hand on his head, pushing him against the wall. And that scene never made it into the movie. Um, they decided to cut the scene. I honestly am kind of grateful. <laughs> oh yeah to some degree but at the time the set photographer he was he was out there off to the side snapping photos and he got a bunch of photos and um we've been talking throughout the day and then we got kind of got to know each other and he had added me on instagram because i really liked his work because he he had done a lot of a lot of shoots on different films and it was really really great photography and so we added each other on instagram I go home, didn't think of anything of it for about four or five months. Then I'm just sitting there on Instagram one night and I get a notification that, Hey, you've been tagged in a photo. And I was like, okay, I wonder what this is. I go to my tagged photos and it's a black and white photo of me in the Montgomery, Montgomery police officer uniform slamming this man against the wall. And I look mean as hell. And I honestly didn't know I had it in me, but I look like I was about to bite somebody's head off. And I'm, I'm a tall dude. I'm, I'm six, three going on six, four in the right, right pair of shoes. And at that time I was like really into lifting weights, like really. So just compared next to this kid, I look massive. And I was like, I, do I look that mean to people? Like, is this the impression people have of me when they see me? but you know i uh i saved the photo cuz i thought it was funny showed some friends um definitely didn't post reposted on my page i hit it i hit it on my tagged photos but i showed it to a couple of friends and one of our mutual friends Kiani. i'm not sure if he still does set work but he saw the photo and i think i sent it to him but i can't remember what he did with it but he was showing people everything he was showing it to everybody and he was like, yo, this guy looks racist as fuck, but he looks so good doing it. <laughs> like look at that model face. Look at that model. I was like, no. So a so thing became, between a couple set friends was born. I'm I'm glad it kind of stayed stayed low-key. Um, but I became the cop bay or racist bay, as he <laughs> as he coined it. But it was all in good fun. It was a it was it was it was fun
1: yeah Uh, and it's funny because people like you know um if if people know you you know that you're like you're a pretty nice like charismatic like guy so that's why like the the contrast of like that picture Cause yeah, you never, you never, you never look that mean. So it's just like exactly. It, <laughs> I've
0: been
2: told I have an RBF, but I think I think you forget I paying me that.
1: I mean, like if you know, if like maybe if you're just chilling there, but if you know you, you're like you're a softie.
2: <laughs> oh <I> know. <laughs> so yeah, that's- it's called acting. It's called acting, man. It is. I didn't know I had it in me to act that act that well.
0: So I'm going to fast forward a little bit because in 2017 uh you worked on a movie that I got to work on Godzilla and kind of the monsters. Yeah. I had a lot of fun that set. I was one of the crew on the airplane on the main airplane.
2: Oh, you're so lucky. I I, I tried to get in on that, but I never got the opportunity. What
0: did you what did you do on that on the movie? Oh man,
2: besides the besides the airplane scene, it's like what didn't I do? I was there like between between Blockers and Godzilla, those two movies took up my entire summer. I was there for over over a month, and I I was a guard, I was a scientist, I was a civilian, I was uh, I was in the Arctic, I was in China, I was under the ocean, I was in Boston, I was everywhere in that movie. But comes out, never see me, <laughs> can't see me in one bit. But the funny thing is. Is I got to be killed by every single monster in the movie except Godzilla. Oh, I, man. I was so disappointed I didn't get to get uh, eaten or stomped on by the by the big big guy himself. But it was fun. Everything else I got to do was a lot of fun.
0: Did you have to react to the blue screen?
2: Yeah, um, there was a couple scenes where when we were at the underwater base, Godzilla would swim right up to the viewfinder or the view screen, and he would do his little little spiel at us and we would freak out and they would shake the set and um there was you know scenes where we had to run away from flying debris and um there was one point where the the mothra moth monster mothra would shriek at us and we would freak out and fall down and just just so many different crazy things and we were we were all out there hamming it up having a good time (laughs) pretending to die like the uh in the super over the top ways like they did back in the '50s movies.
0: Right, right, over the top. Now, yeah, I have fun on that too, just pretending to like fall down, like the earth was shaking. Uh, it was just a camera movement, and that was a very good ad. Like uh, that was a very good ad they had on that on that movie. That, it was movie.
2: the the young lady, right? I can't remember her name, or was it
0: somebody? No, no, it was a it was a British dude. I cannot remember. I'll insert his name. I will insert his name <laughs> once I what, Yeah,
2: there was a lot of crew on that movie.
0: Oh hell yeah, hell yeah, dude! That was a crazy long movie. They did reshoots, like that's why they cut my part out. They did a bunch of reshoots. Yeah, I had a little yeah. like feature thing, but they took it off. But it it was fun, man. It was fun reacting to a blue screen, just pretending it was Godzilla and Matra. Like, <laughs>
2: it's so funny though because if you've seen the movie and mm-hmm. it's free on HBO now, if you haven't, um, right they don't show any like the besides like the main actors you don't see any humans like extras or anything they're so far off in the distance or shrouded in the in the mist or the fog or whatever you can barely see any of us and they had hundreds of us out there at any given time and it never made it in there I couldn't ever see myself I couldn't ever spot my friends it was just all that I mean at least we got paid at least the check cleared
0: <laughs> hey I was sitting pretty job, that yeah. summer. We got a month's worth of work and the check cleared. That's that's exactly. all that matters, right?
2: In the end, that's all that matters.
1: <laughs> all right, Luis. Yeah, I didn't. I was gonna say I didn't know that was free on HBO. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to catch that then <laughs> if it's free. <laughs> Not the best movie, but it's entertaining. Uh,
2: definitely worth a watch.
1: Yeah, I didn't get to work on that one. But one thing that I did get to work on, um, that me and you worked. I mean, we worked on a lot of stuff, but. One of the
2: coolest ones we did was uh, Stranger Things. We we were both in season three. We never we never did anything that upset the flow of the set, but when we were there as extras, we didn't take I mean you were there, Luis. Yeah, you remember. And were you there, Jorge?
0: No, I never got to work on it.
2: Oh bummer. Um gosh, we did not take it seriously at all. I, mean, I didn't take it seriously.
0: And there was at- a
1: lot
2: of there was a lot of sitting
1: around, and they wouldn't use a lot of us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And
0: that's every that's every extra, pretty much. It sounds like every yeah. background, like,
1: they had like a lot of us. They had, they would have like a tr- big chunk of us that would like never not get used. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, but I don't know. I feel like they were paying a lot of people, and then, yeah, he's right that like some people didn't take it seriously. Like there was like <laughs> there was a lot of misconduct. Um, no, no, not, not speaking on you, John. I'm just talking about people just acting up and then like oh, yeah. on top of like them having to keep it secret. Cause like, you know, the first day that like someone realized it was like streaming things it like it got on the AJC of like, they're filming yeah. it. Like, some Someone took a picture. um, And mm-hmm. then like, as the days went on, you saw that more and more people started realizing what was filming and they started showing up more. I mean, that's yeah. when they had, um, that's why they had that uh that Netflix guy. Right.
2: Oh man, that guy that guy had a stick up his butt. Um the the Netflix guy had a stick up his butt. But you know, I understand like there's it's high stress. You know, they were if you remember Luis, they were blocking they were blocking people out. They had like barriers up. And this is a huge, huge area they had to cover. Um, because we were the Starcourt Mall. It was called the Starcourt Mall, right? Yeah. The Starcourt Mall was this huge set and um, all these different entrances, the food court, multiple levels, all these different shops—like a hundred ways you could get in there if you were sneaky. And you know, right outside of it, they had an active, active mall where people were shopping. I mean, not that many people. Actives. Yeah, the mall—the mall was dying. It's not—it's not, it's I, not I like the or anything like that.
1: that. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's crazy because um, they kept. I don't. I, I know people. Some people still visited the mall like a, a good while after the the the. Um, we stopped filming there um, to the point where Netflix actually had to tear like tear the set down. So like back to, I think it's back to being an abandoned mall, but I mean, it was, it was still Starcourt mall for like months after we Mm -hmm. finished filming there. Um, And then people would still show up and they still, I'm sure that Netflix guy was still there uh, guarding, (laughs) guarding, guarding everything because just because they had to, because people wanted to sneak in and see it. Um, And it was, unbelievable i remember the first first day i walked in there i was like oh my god this looks incredible um it felt like the it felt like the 80s or is it 70s 80s it no, was the 80s. 80s yeah it felt like the 80s um and then we were all wearing our super short shorts and i had a I had a mullet and you know it was it was such a fun experience, but yeah. And they had us for like a good two or three weeks, right? Something like yeah. that.
2: Not me, not me. <laughs> yeah. Everyone yeah. else.
1: <laughs> yeah, and John had a little incident with the Netflix guy. A um, little misunderstanding that we're not going to get into, but it was it was uh, kind of funny. Um, and then that's probably why you're like, yeah. I mean... Mm-hmm. I don't know, Heather
2: might get over it. Like it's, it's Nah a- she did. I, I had called her shortly after that incident and she was like, Yeah, I understand. Don't worry. But going back to what you said, um, it was incredible being there. Like the, the sheer scale and they had everything down to the details, like whether it was the the wrappers on the burgers they were serving in the food court, you know, to the prices on the menu to the movies that were playing in the theater they had upstairs and like every item in the in the shop like in the mall the bookstore all the books were period accurate the clothing stores were accurate everything was just down to this every little detail was accounted for and seeing us there all in our costumes and everyone i guess living the you know pantomiming and acting the experience it's honestly i feel one of the closest things you can get to real life time travel the yeah. closest we'll ever get cuz it felt so I wasn't even in the 80s I I grew I was born in the mid mid late 90s and I felt like I was transported back in time it was an incredible experience for the the short short stay I had
1: yeah no it was it was it was it was incredible um they even had they had some of the arcade games that some of them kind of worked that we'd play um, and then they didn't let us have our phones on set because of how highly sensitive the set was so yeah. same it's like we had our 80s clothes on with the 80s set with no technology when we all just had to talk to each other and <laughs> yeah same it like felt like we were in the 80s like it was like you didn't get to check your phone when you were on set so yeah um, it
2: was a fun time it was a fun time
1: we're super, super fun like am i might i'm growing i was telling um jorge that um like I haven't, I haven't got a haircut since quarantine. Um, sure. and I I, I want to get a haircut, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, now Stranger Things is gonna start up, you know, in the next month or two. Um, and yeah, so I'm like still debating whether I want to cut it. See if I can get back on there. I don't know if Heather will hire me again. I mean, I didn't do anything wrong, but you know, you never know.
0: Oh man. In the background world, I mean, we meet people that are friends to this day, just like you know me and Louise or you and Louise, or you know people that we still talk to and uh, that we see from set to set you know and I know some people come and go and then we see a lot of new faces and stuff. Do you have any like um, advice that you would give to the new generation of b g that are just starting out
2: don 't do anything you 're not comfortable doing don't don 't take shit from people who are um giving you shit unnecessarily um be respectful to people at the same time though don't not everyone's going to be out to get you but there are there are people in this industry who will prey on the the people just getting into it who are looking to become actors looking to looking to make a name for themselves and they don't know what's going on they're going to be looking for people who are they're, they're, the the people coming in are going to be looking for people to help them because they don't know what what to expect in this industry so just choose your friends wisely and be aware that it's not all sunshine and rainbows but have fun because you're gonna have a
0: blast you still keep in contact with a lot of people that maybe like don't, don't do it anymore or that you know that you met a long time ago but they they just kind of got out of that bg or even crew war, uh, world
2: a few um you know like you said there's different generations i i came in in 2015 and you know you, you get the people who do it for you get the lifers like the the people who are in it for a life sentence you yeah. know we, we all know them but especially the people our age you know they come and go um, so i would say about every year Give or take every year, or so you get a new new crop of crop of fresh faces. People are turning eighteen. People are graduating in college. When I started back in twenty fifteen, um, there was it was a whole different face of people in the film industry, whether that's crew or even backgrounds. Uh, a lot of the people I met originally back then they don't do it anymore. They've they've moved on to other things, or graduated school, or felt like it wasn't viable for them. And I would say about every Every year or so, you get you get a new face of face of uh, backgrounders because you know they like turn eighteen, they graduate high school, or um, they they're, they're looking for a summer job, and you know they they work consistently for about a year, I guess until until they figure things out or figure out what their next step is, whether that's crew or something, whether it's with their major or any other career, and um, it's it's crazy because. I would say I stopped doing background work at the in the middle of 2018. That was when I made the switch to to crew work full time and even now like I'll work on a movie or a show and I'll recognize like one or two out of 100 people. Like it's just new oh. faces and you know the second I got off the train it's just like yeah. you know next the next group's here. And you get you get a few a few that stay in for a while, or a few that are making their, uh, spending a little bit longer on their transition into other departments or other careers. Um, and you get the lifers who are, just do it, do it for forever mm-hmm. because it's it works for them. But as far as like people who have left, people who have left the film industry from the years that I did it, yeah, I, I talked to them a few, some, there's 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 a group that I'm pretty inconsistently in contact with they uh but they're but it's not like they completely just quit the film industry cold turkey you know they'll they'll take the odd job here or there and but then in some capacity they're still working in entertainment i feel like it's something we all share i don't think anyone ever truly leaves the film industry i think it's just we some people take longer breaks from it than others. If that if that makes sense, yeah. it's like once once you're in, you're in, and it's it's hard to get out. But you know, not everyone wants to get out. And yeah, yeah. And the people I'm friends with to this day from some of those earlier generations work in some capacity in entertainment or film or video production
0: or something. Something, right? So it's something with a camera.
2: Yeah, something with a
0: camera. It could be porn, I don't know, I'm just yeah. saying.
2: I, I'm not that good friends with them, so.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, right now after after quarantine, we're like, let me in, back to the industry, because there's nothing. They right. haven't
2: asked me the costume for any of their, their pornos yet. <laughs> that would be, I would, I would charge higher than my normal rate, that's that's what I get, that's for sure.
0: Do you need a costume for porno? It's, 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 I know, it's, it's, I know
2: a girl who's done it, and she says it is a whole different beast. And she, but she doesn't do it anymore. She, I, I I'm not gonna name names. Y'all would recognize her though. She's a costumer who works pretty consistently
1: mm-hmm. in the
2: Atlanta film scene, but she that is not her game anymore. But she was, she was hustling. She was getting it done. She was making it work.
1: Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like you were saying, like that's one of the that's one of the things that I really enjoy about this industry is that you meet so many. People like just people come and go, but like you meet you meet a ton of people, um, and I, I like to tell this to a lot of people. I've met some of the coolest people, and in background I'll, I've also met met some pretty shitty people. Um, it's a whole spectrum of some of the worst people you'll meet and some of the best people you'll meet. Um, Definitely, and, and I have plenty of like friends that I've met through the industry that like you know, um, you know some more more familiar than others but I feel like I'm probably going to be in contact with a lot um, of the friends that I have now probably in some capacity
2: um, for a while so I mean I agree I think I think a lot of the friends that I've made here um, in in the film industry the really good ones like I think I will be in contact with them probably for the rest maybe the rest of my life Well, it's just like a bond gets built, you know, working, working together and spending all this time together. And you really get to know each other. And it's just, you can't, that's, that's an experience unlike any other, I think. And that's, it keeps us together, keeps us, keeps us in contact.
1: So the next question is, um, so yeah, after doing BG for a while, you, um, you, you finally got, um, maybe a more of a consistent PA work in the summer of 18. Um, do do you remember what, um, you remember what that was on can you tell us how you how you got in and started getting more consistent PA work
2: okay so basically I was coming to end of my college career I was finishing up school and I was of the mindset where all right you know for me background work uh, was always kind of more like a summer job it was something that I needed to do just to keep me busy while I was living at home with my parents between semesters of college and getting me out of the house and around people my age, instead of being trapped, trapped up in the suburbs, you know, but in, in your hometown type type deal. Yeah. But once that came to an end and I was planning on moving to the city, I, I started thinking that I needed something a bit more viable and pretty early on in my background career, I realized that like I didn't really want to be an actor if it had fallen in my lap. Um, I would take it for sure and I would run with it. But I was always more interested in the artistic side, the creative side of filmmaking, whether like the artsy, the artsy type stuff. And I I knew that I couldn't jump, jump right into that. I knew it would take time meeting the right people and presenting myself in the, in the right capacity to these people who would be in a position to hire me. So, summer of 18 i was um i gosh what was the first set that i did pa work on i this this is going to tie back into what i was saying earlier about you know you get on a set for a long time you meet you meet pp you meet the pas you meet the crew you get to know them and you you spend your time on set productively i was working on dynasty It's that CW soap opera Um, pretty much everyone in Atlanta has worked on it. It was season one and the PA there, she was one of the the key PAs on um, blockers, the, the movie from the summer of 17, the year prior. And she remembered me and she didn't know that I was super serious about being in the crew work then, because at that point I wasn't, but she had liked me from that show I was on and so the, the couple, couple days I was spending on, on Dynasty, you know, I, I got to talking to her and I was like, Hey, listen, this is what I'm trying to do. I just finished school and I'm looking to, and I've been working in film for a while. You, you, you know me on and off for the past, past few months, year or so. And I just wanted to let you know that I want to be a PA. I want to learn to trade. I want to do whatever I can to, uh, to get myself into this position no, not anything. That, goes, that also goes back into don't let people take advantage of you. But I, I wanted to prove to her that I was serious because a lot of people will come up to PAs and just be like, oh, I want to be PA. You know, I want to do this. But they're not really serious. They kind of just want, want the position. And a lot of people won't take them seriously because it's like, oh, this is just an extra who's just looking to advance himself or herself real quickly. But the way I let her know that I was serious is I would, I would help out with the vouchers um, while we were in holding, you know, I would check the I-9s to make sure everyone's information is correct. I would prep vouchers for the next day, you know, nothing, nothing overstepping my position as a background, just little things to help out and make their job a little bit easier. You know, just take a little pressure off because they have 200 people that have to wrangle and, you know, you know, us, we're, we're a rowdy bunch. And there's always some bullshit. So after a while, I, um, you know, she eventually called me and said, hey, here's my AD. She wants to give you a shot. So I came PA'd on that show. And um, at the same time, I got a call from another show that one of the PAs, Godzilla, they called me because she was working on Insatiable. And I, I got an opportunity to work on season one of that as a production assistant. But you know, like anything, it's not going to be consistent right off the bat. I wasn't, I didn't make, I didn't just quit BG work, cold Turkey and transition a hundred percent into crew work. Um, so from, for about six months, six, seven months, I was, I was doing both. I would be paying, you know, one day on one show. Then the other day I'd be doing background work on another, just or stand in or, you know, anything to get, I, you know, I was living on my own or I was living with roommates and I needed, you need, got to, got to make rent and got to pay the bills. So you got to do what you got to do. You got to hustle. And as time went on, I met, I met more people and I was given different opportunities, but it's a very, very slow burn. Um, Sometimes it happens at snap, you know, for some people, but I would say for the vast majority, it's a slow burn Mm -hmm. and it takes time. And by the summer of 18, the end of the summer of 2018, about Two years ago, coming up, um, I got the opportunity to costume PA on a show. It was after the teen romance, whatever, you know, the teen romance, Fifty Shades of Grey schlock that kids, <laughs> kids, teens eat up. Um, it was a fun, fun little movie. Um, not much to it. Not, not definitely not. I'm definitely not the target audience for it, but I wasn't going to pass up an opportunity to work. So I got right. to... I got the costume on that, be a costume PA. I learned the trade of, you know, running, a, running the books and do, doing returns and doing coffee runs for the department heads and just little things, you know, nothing, nothing too groundbreaking or um, earth-shaking. But after that, I costume PA'd a little bit more. And once the supervisor who I was working with felt I was ready, he's brought me onto a show a costumer capacity and from then i've been working fairly consistently
0: as a costumer in the union that's that's amazing man that's that's awesome how you went from bg to you know like a pretty much consistent costume pa Uh, i just want to backtrack a little bit to when you started working as a pa and you told me you did bg as well did you ever work as a crew member and then a background on the same show Ooh, um, actually,
2: I'm, I'm going to fast forward just a little bit, but it was after like the one I told you I got the costume PA job, right, right. I had known the supervisor from that show and he had known me, you know, we, we knew each other pretty well, but he knew that I was doing crew work and I was on after as a background for one day. And he was like, Hey John, I thought you were doing crew work now. And I was like, yeah, you know, when I can, when it's, uh, when I get the opportunities, you know, they're, they come, they come and they go, I, I take what I can get. But he was like, hey, I need a new costume PA. Can you start tomorrow as my costume PA? So I, I finished out that day as a as a background. And then the next day I came in as the costume PA. But going back to where you were, backtracking back backtracking back to what you said, I think I did it once, you know, when money got tight. But mm-hmm. I, I would say the best advice for someone who's trying to make the crew. Um, who's trying to make it into crew work is don't do it. Don't do B- don't at the same time. Don't do BG work at the same time you're doing crew work on the same show mm-hmm. because the, the, the crew members will see that the PAs, the ADs, the grip, right. people are going to see it and people always talk and it, it makes you look slightly unprofessional. Mm-hmm. And, and as much as I hate to say it, appearances are everything in this industry. But if you got to do it, you know you got to make money. You gotta, you gotta make ends meet. Definitely don't, don't turn your nose up at it. But try to keep it separate as much as possible. Like don't, don't double dip like that. It's, it's, it's just not, not the best look. Unfortunately, that's true, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because I was saying maybe if you go from PA to crew, but maybe not from crew back to PA. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Because
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because um, when I worked on Stuber, I was I was a I was a background on that like two or three days, um, and then I got you know I think like a week later I got offered to stand in on that, and then I ended up just finishing finishing out the movie standing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but exactly, but I was like, yeah, um, and I think they uh, they might have offered me even like to do BG again when like I wasn't working like the person that I was standing in for wasn't there that, but I was like, no, I'm just going to like keep it. So, I mean, yeah. that's, some, that's some really good advice. Um, you know, maybe going from BG to crew, not so bad, but try exactly on the same show. Try, don't try to.
2: Don't yeah. don't, don't double do that, uh, and also you when you're in a higher capacity too, when, when you're past BG to crew, um, and I'd say you're more PA to crew, don't, Don't don't sell yourself short, because I remember I learned a lesson um, from a supervisor and designer who very well known, very uh, have a lot of pull in the industry. And I was on a show it was one of the first shows that I costumed on. And, you know, I was I was very green. I still am. I'm still learning. I still have a lot to learn. But I was very green then. And there was one point where I wasn't feeling very good about the work I was doing as a costumer. And I went to the supervisor and I said, hey, um, you know, I still have a lot to learn and I would love to follow you all to your next show. And I would love to. And I'm I'm thinking that I should be a costume PA on the next show just so I can learn some more before I before I um, really make this transition into costumer. And he he pulled me aside and he was like, John, you are already a costumer. Don't don't sell yourself short. You're here. It like like and like I said, it's it's a bad appearance. It's a bad it's a bad look if they see you bouncing from one position to another, especially if it's one where you're super high and then you go back down super low. Right. So, you know, he now I was a bit discouraged after that show, but I said in the capacity that I was as a costumer and I continued to get more work and I'm where I am today, I'm um I would say that I have Somewhat established myself as a hopefully a reliable person to have on a team
0: so well being a costume p a eventually took you to l a that's is that right yeah i
2: got I got the chance to to work out in in l a on a show as a costume p a actually, it was while I was union here, mm-hmm. and this goes against everything i say um, i mean about the don't 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 st- don't, don't take a step down but You know, I'm I'm not as a member of 479, IOTC 479. I cannot work outside of um, Georgia or a few of the southern states as a union member. Right. And especially in LA, their costume departments have very strict union union laws and regulations. But you know, I got a chance to work out there as a PA, and I was like, you know what? It's a town that no one knows me in. Then I can, you know, I want to work out in LA. I'm going to be able to, I'm not going to get this chance probably again for a while. So I'll take it. So I went and worked out on a a little show out out there as a costume PA. And I had, I had a ball and it was a whole different world, similar, but very different to what it is in Atlanta.
0: So they they do work differently, a little bit differently than they work here, right? For sure. And the, I'll, I would say the extras there, they know their worth
2: they will not, not let you treat them any differently. And that's a good thing. And the parents of children, uh, there, the show that I was on was very children heavy Mm -hmm. and those LA parents, but their kids trying to be getting, trying to get their kids to be actors. Those are some tough sons of bitches. They, they wouldn't take no shit from anybody and they were fighting for kids, camera times they were fighting for, um, gosh, they were just all upon us. It was very much different than it is here because the parents here and the bg here kind of like oh i don't know anything about this so i don't know what to expect and i think the crew here treats them accordingly but they know they know what they can and can't do in la and they will they won't let you uh get away with any bullshit there yeah so yeah um did you
1: so um so moving on um so a really famous person that shoots here um, has a huge studio here that just recently opened is a, a Tyler Perry um, did you did you work um, for Tyler Perry and was it was it a, as a costumer or PA or what um, tell us about that
2: I did last fall I got the chance to work on one of his shows um, The Oval it's one of his many many shows he makes and he writes and directs and produces and does the whole thing himself it was I think it's about the show is about um presidential scandals and the like, scandals in the White House and all the ins and outs of what's going on there. I got to I got the costume that for the run of the show and it is very different. The way he does things on his lot is very different than how other shows how other shows shoot in Atlanta and LA for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it's different than not even just LA I think it's just different. I don't think anybody shoots like Tali Perry. It's kind of crazy to watch. Um, It's, you know, I mean, yeah. So private.
2: If if you've ever been, have y'all ever worked for him before in a capacity? Okay, so you know, on an average movie set, at most, on the the fastest moving, best day, you'll shoot five and a half, six pages of script, right? Mm -hmm. He will shoot upwards of anywhere from 80 to 115 to 120 pages a day. Just turning them out. Oh um, man, he works at the speed of light. And, um, you know, he'll shoot an entire movie that would take a month a month and some change. He'll shoot that entire movie in five days, five, six days. The Oval was a 24 episode, 45 minute per episode season. We shot that in two weeks and because he shoots at such a breakneck speed, we do, we shoot one take, we uh, get all the camera coverage on one thing and we just move from shot to shot to shot, location, 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 all in his studio. And very, I don't think, we, I don't think I've ever shot outside of his studio. I think he shoots everything in house. Like, um, but at that, when you're shooting at that speed, you know, we have um, maybe 15 to 20 different costume changes per day. And when he's trying to shoot everything in a 12 hour, he, he won't go over 12 hours, at least on the show that I was on. He wouldn't go over 12 hours. When you're trying to shoot everything in a, in a 12 hour day and you have all these different costume changes for all these different actors, uh, it's just madness. And I was so stressed. Those two weeks felt like some of the longest two weeks of my life because we were... It just felt like it would never end, and it's it's not how I like to do things. I I prefer to work on sets where where things uh, move at a more normal pace, an average, mm-hmm. uh, you know, five five pages per day type deal, one or two costume changes max. Mm-hmm. But I I am glad that I had the experience I had on his show. Mm-hmm. It it taught me to be more efficient taught me to be faster and I would, would I want what would I want to work over there again yeah I think I would um you know he he treats his people very well he's he's a stern stern boss but he looks out for his own he he gave us all a really nice bonus at the end of shooting you know he's a very generous generous man he, he looks out for people he gives people opportunities I saw them giving extras lines on his shows oh, yeah. multiple times throughout the two weeks and he's he, he's, he's a he's a very he's a very good person i think he i i i struggled with how he ran things on his show but you know in the end like we, we all got through it and the show came out and we were all very proud of the work we did and it was it was a very good experience very tough but very good
0: yeah man he uh for sure he shoots fast the fastest i've ever seen i, I think he still has a world record six days something like that And uh, yeah, we did uh, actually uh, our second episode of this show being extra. We interviewed one of the casting assistants for Southern Casting Associates, which does the casting for Tyler Perry as well. And she told us how like it'll be like midnight and they'll be like, we need 100 extras tomorrow. And she'll be like getting on her computer on the phone, like up at any time, because that's the way he works. He'll just add a scene, take away a scene. scene. It's, It's crazy. Bye. Was, this, uh, was this Andrea? Andrea Guerrero.
2: Yeah, I know her. I, I really like her. She's, she was one of the original people that I say I've met that is one of the few who still works works in the industry that I met from way back in the day.
0: She's super nice, yeah, man. We, we interviewed her. We had a lot of fun with her. She just told us some, some fun stories uh, working over there, just how even though it's a short period of time, that short period of time is hectic. It feels like a month's worth of work in a week. So I, I understand what you're saying, man. It's, he shoots fast, but the most impressive thing is that studio, man. That studio is amazing.
2: Beautiful. It is the most beautiful movie studio I've ever seen. Um, so talking about Tyler Perry's studio, you know, it's, it's the most beautiful, biggest studio, I think, in Atlanta. It's definitely the um, best I've ever seen. He was talking a few months ago, a month or so ago, about... Opening up his studio, being one of the first movie studios to come back after coronavirus,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and of all the movie studios to uh, for this to of all the movie studios, I think that he has the best chance of actually pulling it off and making it work. Just just from the way he runs things, because he does everything in house. You know, he has the facilities to. Keep people there long term. He has the houses. He has the uh, parks, the the gyms, the courts, the the restaurants, the caterers. He could. He was talking about, um, you know, bringing people on for, you know, two weeks before the show starts. You, know, you gotta self quarantine. Then before you come on, you gotta get tested. And then you're gonna be on the lot for X amount of weeks, however long we're shooting. Right. And you can't leave. And then once you finish, you know you can leave, but you got to quarantine after that too. Um, from and the way he 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 keeps his facilities spotless. This was even before Corona, because I think I think he's slightly maybe um, germaphobic to some degree, but he keeps his facilities spotless, and I don't. Of any movie studio playing on opening up during this virus, or as it's winding down, or as we, you know, hope it's winding down, I think he has the best shot at, at actually doing it successfully, because he can but, just keep everybody in there. He has everything in house. You know, you right. don't need to go to rental houses to get costumes. You have all the costumes and warehouses there of old stuff you can go pull from. You know, you've got all the lots, all the different sets, everything to make it happen. And you know, the only thing that would be tricky would be would be backgrounds you know i don't think you can't you can't bring in hundreds of background have them live there too, mm-hmm. I think whatever he's going to shoot coming up if he goes forward with this plan to open up soon, it would have to be a smaller type movie, you know like like everything else is probably going to be filming for the next year, but if anyone's going to make it happen during the virus it's it's going to be him he he can definitely pull it off I wouldn't put anything past him
0: yeah man uh, he um I'm always going to say it. Like, not just like an artist, but he's a businessman. He put, he puts out a lot of content and very quick. So that's that's like his business model, and I've seen it being done. You've seen it being done. We've, we've all seen it being done. Yeah, the BG thing, maybe uh, there's a whole article how they might be replaced with CG, CGI, BG. <laughs> we'll see how that works as CGI gets better. But uh, we'll see, man. Maybe We'll see if uh, background have a future. Sure.
2: You can never replace. You can never replace us. You know, they they can't. They can't convincingly put a bad extra in the background, <laughs> fucking around in the background. <laughs> yeah, um, I, think it, I think.
1: at some point it might go back to normal. Same. I don't know when that's gonna be, but I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I would say this is just. I'm just shooting out numbers here, but I, I'm
2: like five years from now. It'll probably be back to normal. Hopefully. Oh. hopefully. I think it definitely will by then. I say, you know, once once we get a vaccine, I think in like
1: two years, you know, I mean, maybe like the first year might be, but I'm thinking about two years. It might go back to normal. Um, obviously, see, hopefully, I don't shoot myself in the foot with that exactly, knocking on wood. But you know, I think I think it will eventually go back to normal. So yeah, so yeah, you were a customer. Um, want to talk about that a little more? I think you. I was gonna ask you, um, what a costume PA does, but you've already you've already Kind of explained um some of the stuff that you do, so um I mean, I think people get the general idea of what a costume costumer is, so um yeah, but you said you've been working on a lot of period pieces. um I think the last project we worked on before corona was um uh, was Aretha
0: oh, so speaking of Aretha, uh the trailer just came out well, so yeah you need, need to see it. that's exciting, I'll probably put a link to it. As this video comes out, but yeah, tell us about that.
2: So that was actually the very last thing I worked on before before COVID kind of shut us all down. I was I was gonna probably bounce over to a Netflix show, you know, in the middle early middle March, but um, once once Aretha was over, they uh, nothing else nothing else started up. So I I worked on it a little bit before Christmas, um, and after the Christmas holidays, I came came back in the new year and then I was brought on full time just because of the sheer, sheer number of, you know, people they were bringing in. Um, They, they had hundreds of people per day. So they, they had me out there, um, dressing people, um, sewing, I had had to be on set sewing up all the dresses and clothes that would rip because they were ancient and they'd been sitting in a warehouse for, you know, 70 years and uh, you know, 50, 50 plus years. It seems like most of the productions I work on are, are period pieces, and I it's kind of funny because I went to school for history and I love it. But period pieces are some of the hardest shows you can work on, just because you have to know the era, you have to um, you have to know you have to be you have to be able to fix and adjust clothing that you know ninety nine percent of the stuff clothing you're going to get is going to be rentals and it's not going to fit our actors and actresses and talents and background because it's not clothes that they have that they can bring the set like on a contemporary piece where everybody wears, Oh, I brought my jeans, I brought my hoodie, you know, I can wear that and you know, it's going to fit and stuff, stuff, stuff was sized different back then. So it's even trickier having to figure out um, what, what's going to work for certain people and their body types. And it's, it's just harder, but like it was with Tyler Perry, like the the experiences far outweigh the the good like the good far outweighs the bad and the tough of period pieces because i learned so much working on them whether it's about the era um or just about costuming in general like because they're so much tougher than working on like i like after the the teen modern day teen romance that took place in college where everybody wears a hoodie and tennis shoes
1: and yeah i'm always so surprised how strict they are on getting everything right which obviously really mm-hmm. add to the authentic- authenticity of um of a movie which I like really appreciate, but sometimes I'm just like ah it's, it's just like it's a hassle I know it's a hassle for everyone oh for sure it's just you know it's just like especially when everyone's stressing um mm-hmm. but I mean yeah I respect it and do you yeah um since you've been working on period pieces a lot like now are is that kind of becoming like your favorite thing to do or like is I know it's like obviously like you said it's harder. But do you enjoy it now more than maybe, like, costuming, like,
2: contemporary? You know, once once you finish a period piece, I think, you know, I think the first thought I have is, gosh, I hope I can get on a modern-day, just easy, easy teen movie just so I can just relax for a bit and just not have to worry about the craziness that comes in with fittings and, you know, everything and dressing people and everything that goes with that. But... I would say period is probably my favorite thing to do because I went to school for history and, um, definitely like some eras better than others. Um, I am dead tired of doing stuff in the seventies and (laughs) eighties. I feel like most of the stuff I've done has been in that era I've learned, I've learned so much about it now, but my favorite, I would love to do something I would love to do stuff like in the twenties. I would love to do something, you know, in the 1800s. I haven't got the chance to do that yet. I would love to do it like a war a war piece from back in the day. Um, but hopefully that opportunity will present itself soon.
0: That's good, man. Well, man, this this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for doing this. We had a lot of fun talking. You know, uh, you know, just hearing your stories, how, you know, you started from pretty much background to now, you know, doing custom PAE and though we're in quarantine, but this has been a lot of fun, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. It's been great.
1: Yeah, man. It's fun catching up. it talk to you.
0: Okay. I am just want to thank my co-host, Luis. I want to thank John for coming on. You guys, you know, tune in and don't forget to follow us on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and now Spotify. All right. Thank you guys.
1: Right. Bye. Yeah, it was good talking to you. Bye. Bye, guys. See you guys later.